college can be expensive, but saving now can help your students save later. Give your child's college savings a boost by registering for a chance at a $1,000 savings plan deposit for 6th through 12th graders. Sign up today at iowastudentloan.org slash register. As an agribusiness expert with Alliant Energy and a farmer, I know how important it is to get the most out of your land. I know that also applies to getting the most out of how your farm uses energy. That's why Alliant Energy offers free farm energy assessments. With a farm energy assessment, someone like me will find all kinds of ways to help you save money and energy. We can even connect you with rebates to help make energy equipment upgrades even more affordable. Schedule your free assessment at AlliantEnergy.com slash FarmEnergyAssessment. You're listening to Broncos for Breakfast with Nick Kendall and Scott Kennedy. All right, welcome in, welcome in. It is Thursday morning, June 16th, uh, halfway through the month of June, and uh, it's not as sweltering hot here today. We had a big storm come through last night, which I was enjoying. Uh, my wife's mother's, one of her dogs, though, absolutely freaks out with the storms, um, <laughs> barking and going absolutely nuts. So a uh, little less enjoyable uh, than typical, but uh, doing well. How are, how are you doing, Scott? What's new? Good. Just, uh, you know, middle of June baseball season for uh, for the kids, and uh Braves have won 14 in a row, knock on wood. So uh, Broncos finishing up their uh, mini camps. Had a, uh, a day off of sorts yesterday, but doesn't mean there isn't plenty to talk about, the plenty that they've done, and plenty of speculation going around the NFL. So I'm doing well, Nick. Thank you for asking. Missed Good. you yesterday on Forging the Falcon. So. Yeah, yeah. Hopefully everything went smooth yesterday morning and yesterday evening. I was a little bit... Uh preoccupied um with uh, stuff going on and uh, gonna be pretty busy the next 72 hours hell god probably next five days because we have to talk about the drive back <laughs> as well um across country but uh doing well uh, overall excited for everything coming up and excited to talk some ball today um you kind of touched on something real quick and i want to get into it just a little bit as we let the uh, the chat breathe a bit and let people come in and say hi and uh, drop their likes and subscribe on the way in um the broncos field day yesterday um it's something that they've had many times over the last you know few seasons you know that last day of mini camps you know doing a little bit more fun team bonding activities you know just some just some i guess low stakes silliness uh going on there and some fun mm-hmm. uh do you have any strong opinions about this because apparently on twitter yesterday some people uh, it's some areas of the uh, broncos media kind of had a i guess what is called a shit fit about the broncos having a field day like oh we, we knew they weren't serious now we know for sure they're not serious. That's what they've been doing these last few years when they've been a losing franchise having these field days. If they really were serious about competing and whatnot, they'd be doing a mini camp today rather than this uh, the field day stuff. Um, something I like to say, and no, I wasn't a psychology major. I didn't have to be. Uh, you just pay attention <laughs> to human beings. Um, and my guess is that was local media who went to the facility and weren't told in advance that there wouldn't be a practice and availability and all that type of stuff, and they're pissed. Um, I'll give you 99% that has something to do with it. That person, whoever tweeted that stuff out was somehow inconvenienced by the fact that they did that. Whether it's, I have a deadline and I have to, I was supposed to write something up and now I have this, or I wasted my time coming over here. That person who was the most vocal about having a problem with it was personally inconvenienced because at the end of the day, people are selfish. So do I have a strong opinion about it? I think it's a good thing. I think it's a good thing they go out there and, and do, especially with the new coaching staff, yeah. new quarterback, new culture. 
Uh, these guys have been putting in work on their own uh, a lot. <laughs> so they've been coming in early and staying late. If you're looking at the minimum that they could be doing from a NFL union standpoint with organized team activities, they have met that and then they have gone above and beyond. So I'll tell you right now, the person or few people who had the biggest problem with it, they were personally inconvenienced and they're pissed. Yeah, that's a, that's a good theory. Uh, I don't disagree. This is a, I hate to breathe too much air into it because we're talking about, you know, another media platform and other people. And I think at its core, this whole argument and discussion, uh, which would took, God, I just logged on to Twitter for a little bit and my eyes almost uh, permanently stayed in my head with how many eye rolls I had. Um, not first, not because of Mark Schrader coming in here. Thank you so much, Mark. Hope you're doing well. Hope you're back. All right, was the cardiologist or back um, that you had? I can't remember what uh, ailment uh, between you and uh, your your significant other um, we're having there, but uh, hopefully you're doing well there, Mark, down there in Texas. Hopefully the heat also isn't uh, melting you down to a, gosh, just a puddle of a person uh, down there in the the heart of Texas. But uh, I won't, I won't breathe name in the station or the name that did this, but I think the bottom line with the person who kind of was, you know, hooting and hollering about this is it's disingenuous. I think it's being hot takey and, you know, against something and inflammatory for the sake of that, because guess what? We're talking about it right now, kind of backhanded wise, and it was all well, over here's, Twitter. Here's yesterday. the thing, Nick. I don't know who it was. I don't care. Yeah, you know, no. I don't. I don't care. That's not an opinion that affects me one way or another. I don't care. Yeah. Um. As as Ethan says, stay off Twitter. Yeah. I don't. I don't go hunting for those things. So no. who said it, or if it was multiple people that said it? My guess is they're local. Uh. I I would. I'd put a lot of money on that, but I yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I don't care. I don't care what that person has to say. I really don't. Unless you're putting out news. Guys, we're in the opinion business. If you want to ask, if I want to know what Nick thinks, I'll ask him. If you want to know what I think, ask me. I don't care what a beat writer thinks. I just don't. I don't yeah. care about something like that. Yeah. So uh, I don't know. I, <laughs> Whatever. I agree with you. Stay off Twitter. <laughs> it was just silly. And it's a, it's a reporter who continuously has kind of inflammatory eye roll inducing takes so uh you know if you want to uh it's if the it was rage- zach just say zach no i'm just no it kidding. wasn't zach i'm, it wasn't I'm not just zach. joking i'm just joking <laughs> not zach um definitely zach not likes zach. to stir the pot some a little bit though he does but, uh, he does but he's, like he's pretty consistent with it you know he doesn't he's he 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 might he might grab onto it be a dog with a bone mm-hmm. but he's not a hypocrite you know he's he's not a hypocrite about it. he may i don't happen to have, have to agree with him yep he I fully embrace everybody's uh, willingness and uh, and uh, and right to be wrong, uh, yeah. but he doesn't flip flop on you know based on just the the outrage media. Yeah. You know, oh, I'm going to be mad to be mad, or I'm going to take the opposite take just to take the opposite take. That you know that that stuff, like you said, it's disingenuous. It's dishonest. Yep, it's frustrating. And uh, my best advice to you people, if you know who what I'm talking about or who I'm talking about, do not engage. Just look, keep scrolling. Look the other way. Because the uh, rage machine only works if it's being fed, and uh, it was being fed yesterday. A lot of people probably clicking on the article and engaging. Just do not engage. Um, but uh, moving on, now let's say hello to some people in here as we're coming in. Ethan, good afternoon, gents in Broncos country. Hope you're doing well down there, uh, Ethan. Over there, um, over in London. We also got Dale coming in. Dale, been thinking about you a lot this week. I appreciated the uh, the message you sent me yesterday as well. Um, Natalie and her family is doing well. It was a celebration of life, uh, for her grandmother's funeral yesterday. Um, so it was kind of weird being hanging out at the house after the grandparents house afterwards and 
I guess I'll share a little bit of personal info for me. I've been with Natalie since junior prom of high school. We've been together 13 years, which for a 30 year old is a long time, which gives me the benefit oh, of a 50 year old. That's a long time these days, Nick. Yeah, true. Um, so yeah, <laughs> high school, sweetheart, blah, 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 whatever. Um, but that gives me the benefit of having to like really actually know a lot of Natalie's family and whatnot. So a lot of Christmases and events with both her grandparents who are now gone. So, uh, it was a long emotional day, but, uh, celebration of life um, overall. So it was a, a good day, I would say. Um, we also got, uh, of course, uh, Toyin coming in here. Not Tanya, Toyin. I think I, one time I said Tanya. Sorry, Toyin. Toyin's an awesome name. Toyin's an awesome name, though. That's really it's cool. A cool um, name. Uh, good morning and afternoon, Broncos country. Good to see you. We also got US Dave coming in saying milk and donuts. Y'all, where's the coffee? That's what I'm asking. Dave Glassman in the house with the hearts. Thank you so much, Dave. Good to see you. Um, we also got uh, Johnny Blaze coming in saying, let's go abs. Yeah, what a game last night. I'm not really much of a, a fan of the frozen stick ball. As you guys know, I tune in to watch the Olympic uh, hockey every once in a while. And if the, the Blues make a run in the playoffs, I might try to tune in. But I just don't have the love for the game. Uh, also, football takes up so much time. that <laughs> Don't have the resources or time to really get into it like I'd like to. Uh, but yeah, definitely pulling for the abs. And it looks like a lot of those people in Broncos country were celebrating big time last night. I guess good morning to you folks who are working off that hangover out there in uh, Broncos country, really enjoying the avalanches big win yesterday over the Tampa Bay lightning. I think I don't even know. Uh, Clint Ashworth. Where did also, the abs come from? They weren't an expansion. Where'd they move from? I have no idea. Anybody, anybody, all those, all those old teams I used to play with like 95 hockey are now American teams that I can't, I don't know who, who was who. You know, the Coyotes, the, you know, I know uh, the Minnesota North Stars were, you know, they moved to Dallas. That was a long time ago. Um, Winnipeg Jets, the Canucks, all those teams. I don't even know who's still around anymore. They were the Quebec Nordics. Okay. Thank you. Yep. From uh, 1972 yep. to 1979 and then 1979 to 1995. So uh, sorry, you darn French-speaking Canadians. Um, and also you have the whole... Uh, Chat here saying it's Quebec as well. Quebec, yeah. Quebec. Yep, I don't thanks, know. y'all. Thank you very much. Um, and Clint's, um, good morning, fellas. Good morning to you, Clint. Hope you're doing well. Hopefully your coffee is nice and hot and uh, enjoying it. I'm enjoying it this morning myself. Um, what game or games are you guys looking forward to the most this season for the Broncos? Well, for me, I am, not to make it all about me, but um, I'm really hoping to get this monkey off my personal back and uh, see the Broncos get a win uh, for the first time in my life. I will say I did see the Broncos win a preseason game. Um, back when I was a little kid, it was uh, would have been the 1999 uh, preseason game. The Broncos played at the St. Louis Rams and uh, didn't get to see John Elway because he was coming off back surgery, I think, after that uh, 1998 Super Bowl win. And I did see them win a preseason game, but I'm 0-7 seeing them live in the regular season. So hoping to get a win week one against the Seahawks. Other than that, I mean, gosh, I'm really excited for the uh, the games against Kansas City, both of them. And I'm also excited for the game at Las Vegas. I really think Denver can go in and kind of, I, I don't understand where all this Vegas hype is coming from, but I think Denver can go into Vegas and really put the smack down on them and kind of be like, okay, there's a tier difference here in the division. The Raiders are not the same. Uh, game one's always exciting. Yeah. But, you know, this one's going to have national storylines. It's got Russell Wilson going back to Seattle. So, I mean, game one is easy. You want to say, man, I can't wait for the first game of the season. That's That's an easy one. But this one's really, it's got a little extra juice to it. So, uh, that one. And, uh, you know, if I'm willing to, I'm willing to, if I'm able to get out and, uh, and, and over to London, I, I want to go over there. Um, 
And, you know, with, with Chad and Zach's, I haven't, I haven't pushed this by them yet, but with Chad and Jack's, Zach's new affiliation with Mile High Sports on the radio, you know, maybe we can get a booth uh, mm-hmm. where we can do some, do the, do the show live streaming there and get some help technically to pull that off rather than, you know, me setting up a cell phone or something. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and we can do, do some stuff from there, from location. We'll work on that. Um, Fixture list was out, came out uh, today, actually, for, for soccer. And Chelsea is away on the 29th. However, uh, Brighton and Hove Albion is a really cool place to see a match. So might have to head down to the South Coast. I'm pretty sure that's where Brighton is. My, my best friend's been there. He told me about it. Uh, head down to the South Coast and, uh, and go see Brighton and Chelsea. And then uh, there's, there'll be lots of matches around there. So the, the whole experience, the whole London trip, should be uh is one that i'm looking forward to but game one game one is is a little extra special this year yeah i will say the other game that i'm really looking forward to right now that maybe doesn't have the big national narrative although it will be the week of the game is the week three game that a lot of mile high huddle staff will be attending make sure you guys are trying to get out there as well uh sunday night game i believe versus the san francisco 49ers and i think that's a game where the broncos have a chance to announce themselves. I mean, if the Broncos, you know, go into Seattle and beat the Geno Smith led uh, Seahawks, not many people are going to be Russell Wilson. Okay. Going home Seahawks team. It's definitely rebuilding team. Two first round picks in 2023, et cetera, et cetera. Pete Carroll, John Schneider, probably on the way out week two, Houston Texans battling for the first overall pick in the NFL draft this upcoming year, probably. Um, so people could definitely write off the Broncos starting off two and zero. but then there's that week three game against the 49ers. Will it be Trey Lance? Will it be Jimmy Garoppolo? Either way, the Broncos are going to have to go up against a very good defense. Uh, Nick that's Bosa a home game, though, right? It's a home game. Yep. Yeah, I mean, that's why I was like, it, it, looking at all, looking at the the schedule, it's like your tough games are at home and your winnable games are, you know, on the road. The ones that you should win in a, in a neutral environment, it's like this schedule sets up really nicely to gel early yeah. um, and and get going. If, if you get off to a bit of a slower start, it, it hurts you, especially in this schedule, because it's backloaded. You know, the yeah. schedule backloaded on this one, you know, I... I think we went through it and I was like sec- seven. I think we were both like seven and two after nine, six and two after eight, something like that. Um, there's three tough games in a row, but you should be favored in all three of them. Yeah. Uh, but that 49ers game specifically, why am I looking forward to it? I think that team matches up interestingly with the Broncos, where we will have some serious questions asked. Um, number one being right tackle for the Broncos. You're going up against Nick Bosa, who's probably one of the top three edge rushers in football right now. Um, he's a game breaker, uh, one of the best in the game. And uh, you have questions at right tackle, Billy Turner, Calvin Anderson, uh, Tom Compton, Lord knows there. Um, you're going to have some answers after going against Nick Bosa. The other one is how good is this Broncos defense going to be at stopping the run? The 49ers don't have an elite running back, but they have an elite run scheme uh, that yeah. they can utilize. So, so you're going to really find out a lot about the Broncos and two of their biggest questions about just how good they can be this season um, in that 49ers game. So excited for that one. Uh, also excited for Michael uh, mm-hmm. popping that uh, super chat Terry coming in here with the big orange one, twenty dollars, uh, saying good morning, Nick and Scott on Broncos for breakfast. Let's ride and go Broncos! Thank you so much, Michael. Hope you're doing well. Good to see you. Hopefully, you're not burning to death down there in Tucson, Arizona. Man, it's got to be 105. Like oh, spring, <clears throat> it's nice, <sighs> but it's, it's a dry, dry heat. heat. This isn't yeah, bad. It's, it's a dry heat. out there with parkas. It's only a hundred. Yeah, I uh, I think I mentioned it on Tuesday night. I was out there fishing Monday. And uh, we were in cloud cover, but there and there was a breeze, but it felt like a dog breathing on you, yeah. kind of heat. You know, it in feels your like face. a hair dryer blowing on you. You yeah. know, it's hot. You know, yep. it's like eighty-five and sunny can be brutally hot in the sun, but you get in the shade and a little breeze. It's like, oh, you know, this this is nice. That's how you know when it's not too hot out there. When you get in the shade 
and you're sweating and the wind blows and it feels like you're under a, you know, one of those big hair dryers that you see in the, the, yep. the, the salons, yeah. and then, you know, it's hot. Um, <sighs> got an eight o'clock baseball game tonight and, uh, the heat index last night at eight o'clock was 97. Uh, it was 90 degrees. Feels like 97. I'm like, all right, that's, that's hot for a Southerner. That's hot. Yeah. That's hot no matter where you are. So, but uh, once that sun dips down, it doesn't feel too bad. But hydrate, fellas. Hydrate, y'all, while you're out there. And Cody coming in. Nights to mornings. Missed some episodes, but I'm here. Well, we're glad you're here, Cody. Thanks for coming yeah. in. Appreciate you jumping in on the chat. Appreciate you coming in. Coming in blue today. Coming in with the super chat. So thanks for thanks for coming in. And thanks for your support, my friend. Yeah, thank you so much, Cody. Also want to say hello to Mark Coleman. Broncos looking good. Thank you so much, Mark. Good to see you. Also see Travis Weber's in the house. Good to see you, Travis. Um, we also have, uh, oh, here he comes. There we go. Good morning. It's Scott in Broncos country. Nick, my prayers and condolences to you, Natalie and the family. Yeah. And now we drive down to, uh, my sister's wedding today, start getting all that stuff together. So, uh, that's busy, busy, busy. No, there's no sleep yeah, for flip, the, flip the script like that. You know, yeah. it's, uh, the cycle of there it is. There's life right there. Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> no other announcements as far as the cycle of life. So we'll keep going. There, at least as far as I know, uh, Greg Smith coming in saying good morning. Broncos for breakfast. Aloha to you, Greg. Hopefully you're doing well. And uh, we also have uh, Travis kind of kicking us off, leading the witness, mm -hmm. so to speak, with our topic today. So let's get into Tra uh, Travis's comment here first, and then we'll kind of get into our main topic today with about, you know, half an hour, 40 minutes left saying uh, the Broncos offensive line on paper might look average. But with a new system that fits better for them and better quarterback play, Broncos will be great and knock on wood, stay healthy. Hey, Scott, how about those Braves? 14 straight. So I had to get in that Braves comment there. But um, overall, the offensive line talk here. So I agree with Travis's take more or less. Obviously, we'll get into more of the nuance here. But I think that pro football focus ranking them at 16th in the NFL is exceedingly fair. Uh, the Broncos offense right now, they do have some serious questions, but I like the depth and I think that more or less you are looking at what should be a league average offensive line. Now where they end up as far as the variance could be what make or break, make or breaks this offense this year. Um, really, I guess the, the questions on the offensive line and just how good they can be is going to dictate a lot of my perspective on whether this offense can be average, good or elite. Yeah. And the thing they're, they're willing to talk names just about for everybody, but you know, there were yeah. five coaches up, on uh, on Tuesday, and they they started talking Albert Okawebenam, uh, Ojemudi. Let me see if I can pick out any harder names to spit off off the top of my head. Um, I could this, I could say uh, Uzarike too. Yeah. Um, no, they weren't talking about him. But you know, then they get to the right tackle position, and and Justin Out and Coach Out and offensive coordinator saying, yeah, putting in some good work there, and doesn't name a soul. You know, isn't you know so and so is really doing good there. It was very very coach speak. Yeah, it was. You know, putting in some good work, learning the schemes, getting better. I'm like, blah, 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 blah. It's still a question mark. That's what I yeah. what I read into that. We don't know at right tackle yet. It's still a big question heading into into the offseason. Yeah. The offseason-ish, whatever you want to call this six weeks. Is this six weeks the offseason or is it a summer break? What do we want to call it? Yeah, that's big questions. And it's one of the things that with OTAs and mini camps and whatnot, you hear about you know, player so-and-so has been wrecking practice. Okay, that's good, but that means somebody on the Broncos is getting beat like a drum. Uh, so yeah. we won't figure in out. And, in shorts and T-shirts, you know. Yeah, I mean, come on. That too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> God, um, you're right on that one. But again, it's it's all zero sum um, in that regard. So that's one right. reason I really, really like the combined practices uh, that, the, that these teams have been doing, I guess, more so in the last 
five to seven years. And I think the Broncos have a combined practice with the Dallas Cowboys uh, this season as well. So you should actually get a pretty good idea on some of these guys. Cause that's a solid Cowboy roster. I know we like to disparage the Cowboys as like a, anybody besides the Cowboys fans, um, you know, pick on Jerry Jones and skip Bayless and all those nineties uh, Cowboys fans. Did you see the, uh, the clip this week from the uh, weatherman? Um, talking about the weather forecast and he's like this week's weather forecast is the uh the cowboys it all peaks in the 90s <laughs> it was great yeah, it's all over that's twitter a good line that's a good line uh going back to what we you know which we talked about without the, the quote and i didn't pull this up uh yet today on video or else i'd play it just real quick you know it's on your evaluation of players who have played right tackle he uh he says i think those guys have stepped up to the plate i think asking those guys to run off the ball typically when they're not used to doing that is going out of their element a little bit yeah. Um, you know, I thought they did a really good job of stepping up. They're coming along. You know, that's a that is a canned answer. You could have yeah. asked him, what do you think about the punters? And that would have been the, he's like, I don't know. I'm not watching him. And that would have been the answer you've gotten. Yeah. That's concerning, uh, you know, especially talking about this. So you said, you know, the uh, the the PFF rankings at 16 seems to be, you know, exceedingly fair. I think it actually might be a shade high at 16, mm. moving up to average dead in the middle, I think would be a step up from what we saw last year. So have they improved? And the, the interesting part for me, Nick, is looking at this, they say projected starting lineup, Bowles, Reisner, Cushenberry, Glasgow, Turner. That's five. How many of those five are actually going to start week one? Three? Four? I, I Maybe would all right five? Now. Yeah. Well, the big one that's uh, shocking to me there, and sorry, my sister's cat is uh, in the background. Let me know. Say hi. Cats hi, do not Obi. like closed doors. Hey, Obi, hope you're doing well. Yeah, <laughs> uh, he's 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 sweet. He's kind of a little bit of ball, bit of a ball, but um, he looks very scared at me. Uh, you're you're definitely right in your perspective. I think the biggest shock to me here is uh, listing Graham Glasgow as the starter, and that's no disparage to Graham Glasgow. I'm, he's one of my honestly, he's one of my favorite people on Twitter because he offers insight and a uh, good perspective, and he also you know doesn't back down. He's, he's the perfect balance between, you know, knowing when to engage and when not to and offering insight and some levity as well. So if Graham Glasgow does start at right guard this year, good for him. Um, but I think you have a chance of, you know, don't sleep on Tom Compton uh, there as well. He's somebody that I think the coaching staff likes more than the Broncos fans and media have been talking about enough. I think he's got a real shot to start somewhere. Mm -hmm. And uh, also the question marks of uh, Glasgow at right guard, I mean, if you were drafting, let's say just overall, you had the Broncos offensive line players in a draft. You could, we could each pick one, one after the other. Quinn Miners is probably the second guy off the board, isn't he? In, in my opinion, I think he's your, obviously there's a big floor there um, difference, but like value wise. I want to say, Hey, to Gary Lee's Palmer. Appreciate you coming in. Gary he says, Hey, Nick and Scott love Broncos for breakfast. Go Broncos and let's ride. Yes, sir. Let's ride Gary. Um, Thanks so much. There has been a conspicuous lack of noise around minors. And part of that is, again, you're in maybe, I don't, I don't even know if they're in shoulder pads at all. I think it's just, you know, the, the, the underwear Olympics is what we call it. It's just shorts and, and, and jerseys. It's just t-shirts. Uh, they're out there doing that. What is, is, is Quinn Miners going to uh, excel if he's not hitting somebody? You know, if he's not moving somebody, is he going to look like, oh, yeah, he's a really fluid athlete and I love his footwork and he gets up and down the field? No, what he does is mash people. And you're not allowed to do that yet. It's almost like, oh, the linebackers and the running backs. You know, you don't evaluate linebackers and running backs in a seven-on-seven -seven non-contact environment. I feel the same way about minors. So 
it's been quiet, exceedingly quiet around minors this offseason, but there's a, a, le- a legitimate reason for it. Wait till the pads come on. Let, let's yeah. see once the pads come on. Let's see some of those mixed practices because he's not going to excel in this environment where it's basically just learning and running around. Yeah. I would say that you'd hope that he would somewhat stand out given his athletic profile. Um, he tested dynamically um, and looks dynamic as a mover on space. So, you know, obviously the popping the guys and the targeting linebackers, defensive backs at the second level is where the highlights are going to come from. So you're not going to see that as much, but he is the testing wise. And from what I saw on tape last year, the caliber of athlete that, you know, there still might be some hype on him. Um, So that's something you want to watch out for there. Uh, Let's say hello to a few more people before we get back into the offensive line discussion here. Dom in here saying good morning, Nick and Scott in Broncos country, safe travels, Nick. You also got Lawrence Rivera saying, Nick, it's been a long time since we've seen the hair. I love it. (laughs) Yep. uh, It's uh, I woke up like this literally. Um, No, I just had to kind of enough product in it to kind of just, you know, put it back into its place. Um, So thank you so much. And we also got Ethan coming in saying Glasgow isn't starting over the belly. Uh, What do you think about, um, Obviously, I think we've had some takes on here about Graham Glasgow and his ability, but it sounds like he's close to healthy. The Broncos kept him, and when he's out there, I think he's been more or less competent. I don't think he's a dynamic player, but you don't have to have dynamism on the offensive line. You need solid, consistent, not getting beat, uh, you know, just the boring average kind of guy, you know, that like nine-to-five husband. That's Blue collar, do your job, don't get called out. Yep. <laughs> uh, he was a $14 million a year guard for a reason at some point, wasn't he? I mean, yeah. so, you know, you'd think he's got the, the tools and the talent. If you can get some of that back, great. Um, yeah. But again, the, the one guy we haven't really heard anything about is Miners. Uh, yeah. You know, we're, we're talking about Glasgow here, penciled in as a starter. And again, PFF, they did 32 times 15. We'll call that 454. 80, 480 names they put in starting lineups. So they don't know everybody as well as, you know, we might know the Broncos for sure, which is, which is fine. Um, you know, but they know the Baltimore Ravens better than I do. I promise you yeah. that they yeah. know the the starting lineup of the Houston Texans better than I do. I, I promise you that, but we know the Broncos better than they do. And, and listen, that, that might not be the guys that are going to end up starting, they're probably just going by and sorting by, you know, their PFF rankings and saying, okay, this is who I would put here. He graded out the best and he had the most snaps last year. Let's put him back in it. Um, but to, to Mark coming in with the big stars, Mark, huge coming in, uh, huge stars said, I like the comments on, on Mooty and, and Reisner. I know it's coach speak to agree. I agree with 16, but I feel if we stay healthy, we could get into the top 10. Um, now I do actually happen again, mentioning guys by name. The one we haven't heard is minors. We've heard, uh, Muti and Reisner. And I actually have, um, this video where, um, he was talking about it. The surprises on the offensive line. I'm going to play that real quick. I'll tell you, he's done a really good job. I mean, he's running off the ball. He's a big, strong uh, interior lineman. And uh, I love he does has some great celebrations, too. Whenever we get touchdowns, those have been showing up. But, um, you know, he's picked it up really well. He's been a big surprise for us throughout this whole offseason and, and excited to see him keep rolling. You know, he's another one that has been an absolute unbelievable surprise. I mean, we brought this whole system in um, into this whole uh you know organization this outside zone world and it hasn't been that way and i mean he is really bought in and he is doing a fine job running off the ball great in pass protection i mean he's done a really good job really excited where he's at so again how much of that is as mark says is coach speak but it was it was this time it was specific players i feel like 
while I mentioned that that Coach Outen would say something like, you know, the usual, oh, they're they're working hard, they're doing this. I feel sometimes to the point that that Coach Hackett, Nathaniel Hackett, is going to say, oh, doing great, love him out here, working hard. It's like uh, he wasn't there today, Coach. Yeah, but he's when he is here, he's really working hard, and and we love what he's doing, and runs around and hitting people, and and uh, really picking up the offense, buying into what we're doing here, and so. Sometimes it gets hard to tell. Like I said, I'm looking forward to, you know, and I'm sure they are too, obviously. These guys, you know, while we live and breathe football, this is beyond if you're in the coaching profession. You've you've slept on couches somewhere as a 20-year-old to get where you are. And they love, I guarantee you, they can't wait till the pads come on. Um, That's what they're looking for. They try and tone down the rhetoric and the hot takes this time of year to listen. These are installs. We want to learn. We want to stay healthy. We want to get better. That's what you'll hear that over and over again. Please try and calm down with the hot takes on who's here and who's here until it starts to matter in camp when the pads come on. Yeah, absolutely. And sorry about the cat bombing in the background. <laughs> uh, okay. Um, but yeah, I definitely agree. Do you? Uh, if you've never had a cat, the fun thing about the cat is if you let the cat out and shut the door, it'll be banging on the door on the other side. Cats yeah. do not like closed doors. But nope. what they Me do like, either. just put a box in the middle of the floor, an open box. Cattle climb right in it and sit there content for the next 20 minutes. Yep. <laughs> uh, that's my sister's number one baby. She also has a three-legged cat who is uh, not the nicest in the world. Uh, but uh, this, we like this one. Um, so, yeah, uh, do you have any thoughts on – so they talked about, you know, Moody and Reisner here. For my money, and this isn't, you know, it would be awesome. I'm cheering for all these guys. But mm-hmm. for me, at the guard position specifically – Right now, knock on wood on that regard. Here's some wood over here. Um, it seems almost like too many cooks in the kitchen as far as mm-hmm. quality and the options. I mean, you have f- five guys right there, and not all of these guys are positionally flexible. I mean, you're talking about Compton guard, Reisner guard, Moody guard, Glasgow guard, uh, other options there as well, uh, Miners guard as well. Um, right now, it does seem like that's a position where the Broncos maybe can skiff off uh, some of their depth uh for a draft pick for the in the 2023 draft or maybe you know uh kind of do a thing where they get some draft capital this way and then trade it off uh elsewhere on the roster so to your point um on this you know talking these guys up or whatnot and you're mentioning it so yesterday or tuesday nick when we were talking about the wide receivers and how i like to talk about if i want to talk about unit rankings I, I absolutely take depth into consideration that's why we're ranking the unit not just the very top you know, at the very top, that's how I would do quarterbacks is only one can play. Yeah. But, you know, we're mentioning all these guys, Nick, and I look at the offensive line and look at the depth there. It's like, okay, I might not love my starters, but there's no drop off there. No. You know, I've got several backups that have starting experience in this league. To your point. College can be expensive, but saving now can help your students save later. Give your child's college savings a boost by registering for a chance at a $1,000 savings plan deposit for 6th through 12th graders. Sign up today at iowastudentloan.org slash register. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. 
These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Now I've got several backups with starting experience in this league. Who yeah. needs a guard? Who needs who needs a guard and what can I get for him if I need to move somebody? You think Natane Muti would upgrade the Atlanta Falcons left guard position with Jalen Mayfield, who finished dead last in pass protection on PFS grades? Yeah, he would. And, and Mayfield, yeah, it was a third round pick just last year. But, you know, he's 21 years old. You know, there's still time there. Bring in a veteran, a cheaper veteran. You think Muti would help? Um, you're probably going to have to hold on to Glasgow because of the salary a little bit. But Muti is there. Reisner is there. Uh, Miners isn't going anywhere. But you mentioned a lot of names and some good quality depth that are better than some of the players that are around the league that are starting. So, yes, Nick, I agree with you wholeheartedly. It makes sense. Yeah. Uh, and the two that... For me, just roster structure-wise, this isn't an indictment on these players specifically, but more just the way the contracts are set up and where you can get value. Uh, the two that make sense if, as far as trade to me would be Dalton Reisner, who's been a three-year starter for the Broncos at left guard, but maybe they can get a fourth-round pick for him and uh, put Tom Compton there, who there's been some chatter about him at left guard, or uh, Natani Moody. But uh, we'll see. Again, that's not a shot at those guys. The fact that they have value, you could bring something in, is speaking up that uh, – they have some sort of uh, juice there in value. So we have uh, that guy, Aaron, coming in saying, I say top 10 for the Broncos offensive line. Um, hopefully, uh, we'll see about that. And uh, we also got uh, <laughs> Colin Wood giving me a hard time saying, a Mariner shirt and a chai soy latte. Um, yeah, I'll lean into it. I'm, I'm more of a vanilla latte guy. However, I just had one the other day that was a, uh, oh God, it was a blackberry latte. Phenomenal. God, so good. <laughs> All right. So, and here's, I'm drinking my coffee black and uh, my filter is not pressing quite enough. So every once in a while, bottom this up and go crunchies. <laughs> like, wait a minute. It's not supposed to be gravelly at the bottom. No, it's not a shot at those guys. To your point, you were just saying that the the shot about, you know, it's, it's actually a compliment to them that we think that the backup guys could be starters somewhere else. That's a compliment to them. It's not a shot at them. And frankly, they want to start. Hey, yeah. if I if I'm if I'm not going to start, you know, my agent's been talking with you know the Houston Texans. I could start over there. You know, do you think you could work something out? They they want to start. So if they if they're not going to, they've got starting experience in a league that desperately needs some. These guys get recycled all the time. Former starters, they're young ish for the most part. Uh, they're not all that expensive, and they've got plenty of starts uh, under their belt. So yes, when we're looking around at places where you might be able to trade off some excess, the offensive line makes sense. Yeah, 100%. Let's see what uh, specifically uh, Pro Football Focus says here uh, before we move on here, um, writing in here. The Broncos projected line, you mentioned it, the Bulls at left, Reisner at left guard, Bulls at left tackle, Reisner at left guard, Cushionberry the third at center, Glasgow at right guard, and Billy Turner at right tackle. Um, and they write, this lineup could look a lot different should the center Lloyd Cushionberry take another step forward. He went from a 40.5 graded, as a rookie to a more respectable 64.2 mark in 2021. If we see another such improvement, Broncos line will be solid as it can be across the board. Uh, definitely. That's the one that 
I thought this offseason, especially in the draft, it fell the right way. The Broncos would maybe look to bring in an option there. Um, I had heard from multiple sources uh, now just uh, pressing on this one that uh, if Cam Jurgens had fallen to the 64th pick, there would have been a discussion about that. Um, so getting a starter there, I think he went mid-second round to the Philadelphia Eagles, if I recall. Uh, so some options there. The Broncos definitely, you know, this is a position that they have some questions, but a lot of uh, good stuff about Cushenberry as well. Um, he was a part of that offensive line for the LSU Tigers that won the uh, best offensive line award. I think it's the Outland Trophy. Um, when he was with LSU, uh, he started his rookie season as a center, which is not typical. If you got, if you in Broncos country, remember, uh, Matt Paradis, who was a really good center for the Broncos for a while, his rookie season practice squad, uh, McGovern also as Broncos starting center for a while, rookie season practice squad. So Cushenberry coming in year one at starting at center, uh, especially considering the volatility at the quarterback position behind him. That does speak out to his intelligence. Doesn't surprise me too much how much they are talking about his ability to comprehend things, to digest information and to um, leading the, with the Quizlet test they're having or whatever they're calling those things. So excited to see about that. Big questions for Cushenberry for me are ones that aren't intelligence related as much as they are physical ability really related. Mm -hmm. The ability to anchor against power for nose tackles way too often. Um, he, just could not drop his hips and think he is kind of long legged um, from what I, from what I've seen uh, of him. And that can lead him to some issues with dropping the anchor and really, you know, setting an, setting an anchor against powerful nose tackles, ending up, ending up in a quarterback's uh, lap from time to time. And the biggest question, the run game, his ability to, uh, you know, combo block and climb to the second level, not a dynamic athlete for the center position from what I've gathered watching him. Yeah. And while they're singing praises again, show me, you know, the, yep. the, the Missouri and both of us is I want to see it. I don't want to hear about it. I want to see it. Show me. And, and Cushenberry was a bit, you know, Cushenberry and Glasgow in there together were a liability in the trenches last year. So how does that get better? Well, part of it gets better with, you know, if Miners comes in and starts. Um, going back to the idea that someone could be moved, um, you're talking about a th almost a three million cap savings on Reisner if he's moved. Um, he's got about an eight. He's got about a three six salary and an eight hundred dead cap. You're saving three million for moving if he's not starting. Now that's not that much for a your next guy in. That's not that expensive. But you know what can you get back for him uh, when you're talking about? I want to address a little question that's off topic a little bit for Lawrence. Says, are we scared to get another good backup quarterback? Because the way it all went down with QBs last time, it's hard to get a starting quarterback that's worth a damn. Yeah. So, you know, you know, get a good backup. Who's got a good backup? And, you know, Travis answers that. He says, what, what actually is a good backup quarterback? You know, there's like 10 to 12 good starters yeah. in the NFL. Getting a good backup quarterback? Yeah, it's been hard enough to get a good starter. I don't think it's a, a lack of willingness. I think it's a lack of availability and resources to get them. I mean, quarterbacks are going for $50 million a pop right now. What's a good backup going to cost you? 15 you know, for a good one? So, yeah. I, you know, it's it's more about the position itself than more than than the uh, than the willingness or the, you know, we don't want to upset Russ. Or, no, no. There's just yeah. not that many good quarterbacks out there. Uh, Michael Ranquillo comes in and says, how many interceptions with, uh, will safeties Simmons and Jackson have together in the NFL season? Uh, what do you think, Nick? Uh, give me a number. Give me an over under for interceptions from, uh, Kareem Jackson and Justin Simmons. 
Oh man, this is typically I like to use based on historical precedent um, to see what the average is. So this is not researched at all. Um, I'm gonna go with seven. It seems That's my like, number. I was thinking yeah. seven exactly. Yeah, over under on this, I was thinking seven, maybe six. So, yeah, I was. So if if I, I'd set the over under on this at seven, and I'd probably take the under. So I'll say six and a half. Yep, six and a half would be my OU on that. Um, Me too. It's just hard. You know, yeah. it's hard to get interceptions. It's it's not. The way everything's set up and the accuracy of the quarterbacks and the quick passing game, getting interceptions is hard. Yep. Um, they just don't throw, you know, it, there's the bad quarterbacks are throwing 15 in a season right now, you know, so it's uh, it's it's tough. It's tough. Yeah. And it also interceptions are extremely volatile uh, year to year. They're they're not really good predictors um, from one season to the next. So uh, you could have Justin Simmons explode this year and get like seven interceptions. And then the next season get zero. Uh, it's just, it's kind of the way it works. It's one reason that a lot of the, sorry, Colin, we're talking to analytics here, but a lot of the data driven people um, are so low on digs for the Cowboys because a lot of his EPA per play and all of his, a lot of his value comes from turning the ball over, which is a skill. It's just not as, dependable replicatable year to year on top of digs giving up like a crazy number of yards and yards against or something yeah <laughs> um yeah. which is okay if you're not giving up touchdowns you know it, that's the the bend but don't break offense all right you'll get down here but i'm going to take it away from you but what is yeah. you know I, i'd be interested you know they've got baseball down to such a science is like what is the actual war you know the wins against replacement on somebody like digs who you know, is giving up, you know, it's, it's like a guy that strikes out a ton, but hits home runs. Um, <clears throat> you know, frankly, you know, Barry Bonds of the early nineties, I mean, Barry Bonds of the the later, you know, but w- why Barry Bonds ended up juicing is because he was the best baseball player in the game. And Sammy Sosa and Mark McGuire were getting all the love. He goes, all right, you want to see, you want to see home runs? I'll show you home runs. I'm going to turn my body into a chemistry set. Um, but, you know, hitting 320 with an OPS, you know, 1300 and getting on base and all that stuff. He was a better baseball player. Yeah. So are you better off hitting 50 home runs and striking out 250 times? Cause that's Diggs. Diggs yeah. is giving up a ton. Um, so he's a liability at times, but then he also makes the big play and it's, it's, I know a guy like that would drive Vic Fangio crazy. I know yeah. that. Yep. A good player. If you have a very dynamic offense on the other side, um, give me the really, ball back. Yep, exactly. <laughs> um, so uh, we have another question in coming in here from Dale talking about the offensive line. Uh, how many sacks do you think the offensive line will give up this year? This one I actually did uh, see and then was able to do a little bit of research as like what the uh, the parameters were for last year. The Packers and the 49ers tied for the least amount of sacks last year with 33. And you had the Bears give up the most with 58 with the Ravens right behind it with 57. Um, and the Seahawks were 46 with the Broncos being about 40. I think cut the middle right there about 44, 43 for the Broncos makes a lot of sense. Russell Wilson can sometimes be greedy with the football, but I don't think that's a bad thing. Uh, so to speak, sometimes, you know, if it's like third and long a sack doesn't hurt me so much as an interception or something. So if you're looking to create, not take yourself out of field or field goal range or touchdown range or anything like that, then um, I don't mind it as much. So about 44, 43, I think is the number that uh, you should be looking on. We'll see though, the the right tackle spot and the AFC that's a league average last year. Um, But okay. uh, That just, that seems high. Um, yeah, I mean, twenty-five would be best in the league. So <laughs> last year, twenty team with Tampa least. was twenty-three, Buffalo was twenty-seven. So twenty-five oh, would is. be yeah, the league best. Right. Twenty-three. So, um, okay, you're right. That'd be a lot. So, but you know, uh, 
again, if you're if you're thinking, you know, 30, 35, um, that would be okay. That that would be solid. But 25 would be a a, a dream. That'd be a dream season, not a that's a goal, but not an expectation where, oh, we we gave up 26 sacks, we failed. No, no. 23 was the league leader, 25 was second. Uh, and after that, it was, you know, 28. So 30 puts you top five. You are right. And the graph I was looking at did not list all the teams. So I'm just uh, so used to seeing Matt Ryan get slaughtered that I'm like, yeah. 25 would be a dream. Yeah. Uh, 25 would be a dream. Let's let me see. Now that I see the range is 23 to 58, probably about 30, uh, 34. 35 would be good. Would, wouldn't be terrible. Yeah. Especially, and the thing is, Russell Wilson's play style invites sacks because he's looking to hold onto the ball and create explosive plays down the field, which can lend itself to sacks sometimes. So you have to live with a good and a bad. Denver gave up 40 last year with ice. I'd like to see, you know, you could probably find this, but it seemed like they had to be lower third in plays in offensive plays last year. They were, they um, were in, in past attempts. They couldn't have been that high. Um, you know, but they still gave up 40 sacks. So you get down into the 35s with as much as you're going to want to throw the ball and holding onto the ball a little bit longer for the big plays, not just, you know, to check down three times in a row or, you know, missing blocking assignments that, you know, 35, I think would be a good number for this team. Yeah, no, absolutely. You're correct. Uh, we got Bama X coming in saying good morning, Broncos country. Sorry, I'm a little late. That's okay. You're here. I have a question for you, Bama. Can you root for another SEC team like Auburn in the College World Series? I was wondering. I mean, I could, uh, but again, I grew up in Atlanta. I didn't grow up, uh, you know, in the Alabama-Auburn rivalry. So, you know, I I root for the SEC teams in the in the College World Series. So I was just wondering if you feel a little twing, or it's like, yeah, I hope those some bitches get bounced in two. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, that's that's how I'd be with Nebraska. Sorry, Nebraska mm-hmm. fans out there. I mean, Toyin coming back in saying. Uh, Ranking offensive lines must be so difficult given the degree of chemistry involved. Individually, they can be great, but if they can't work as a unit, then it doesn't matter. We don't know until they're truly until we truly see it. And that's a good point. The other thing is uh, offensive lines are a oh god, there's a specific type of word for this. It's like a it's a first failure system. Um, it's a chain. The weakest link in the chain. Yes. You know, so the so first one to not do their job. Four, you could be four four great across the board, but your your system, your unit is gonna fail. At its weakest link. Yep. It's the same as your uh, back seven uh, coverage players, so to speak. It's in opposite of pass catchers and pass rushers where the first first one to succeed system, um, then the whole unit succeeds. So everybody has to do their job. Nobody can fail for the unit to succeed, which makes it tough. And the other thing here that uh, talking about ranking the offensive line, and you kind of hinted on it too, outside of the right tackle position, the Broncos have excellent depth. So while mm-hmm. they uh, maybe their ceiling isn't super high, I don't can't think their floor is too low either outside of the exception of the right tackle spot, which is uh, definitely concerning uh, for the Broncos this year. I saw a comment earlier. Bobby Massey is still out there. Is he the best fit for this scheme? Don't know. Also, I think Brandon Shell, who the Broncos brought in for a visit, uh, is still out there as well. If, you know, Billy Turner's not progressing close to preseason, maybe they look to bring in somebody there just to, you know, take another shot and give themselves an option. So uh, we'll, we'll see there. But uh, overall, uh, offensive line should be okay with, I think, very few, a very small margin of how good or how bad they can be uh, given the depth. So I'm going to ask you a few questions here before we get on out. Um, rapid fire, Hit rapid fire. Let's do it. Uh, the most important player on this Broncos offensive line this year is Garrett Bowles. Garrett Bowles expand. 
of he i think he's your best and he is your your leader on there if he goes down you don't have a like for like replacement uh we talked about the depth at the other positions or we talked about the the right tackle being eh, maybe well we got several maybes there any one of those other guys could go down and you've got a fairly good like for like replacement if Barrett Bowles goes down you're in trouble you you have a significant downgrade from one left tackle to the next therefore he becomes the most important player on your OL I don't disagree at all. Um, big season for him. His contract is set up that he's going to be here for another year or two. But if he has a down season this year, I wouldn't be shocked at all if the Broncos are looking to figure out a ways to manipulate that cap and uh, do some things with Garrett Bowles. So uh, we'll see how it looks out for him. Um, hopefully it's good. And the Broncos really need him to uh, to step up this season yeah. and show like he was in 2020. Nick, his dead cap number drops to eight next yep. year. Yep. So it's $10 million savings by just waving him outright. Um, you know, which, you know, you don't want to see happen, but, uh, you know, it's a, it's a $10 million savings. If you say, okay, would I rather have $10 million or would I rather have Garrett Bowles? When you're talking about the pen, the penny pinching that you'll have to have somewhat salary cap wise paying Russell Wilson and how the dynamics of how you build your roster on a rookie quarterback contract versus a $50 million a year quarterback, things change. You have to think about something like that. Mm -hmm. Um, if Bowles is playing well though they'll figure out a way to keep him around. Yeah, that's that's uh, the bottom line. <laughs> an elite left tackle is worth every penny they're paying him. That's why they paid him to begin with. Now it's up yep. to him to keep it up, to to play at that level. But yep. I, I think even if he is not at that level, he's still by far the best tackle on the roster. 100%. Totally agree. Uh, sunny days coming in with the uh, sun, the, the hang loose and the blue and orange hearts. Good to see you, Sunny Days. Hope you're doing well over there on YouTube. Um, the most, the player on the offensive line that you have the most intrigue for this season, one that you just can't wait to see how they progress or how that play, how it plays out. Who's that guy? Miner. Quinn Miners. Again, there hasn't been a lot of talk about him. Uh, the second year leap out of coming from UW Dub, uh, Wisconsin Whitewater, I think is where he was. And, you know, he is, again, I still like Smash Mouth football. Um, yeah. It hurts me to watch a team that is getting bullied in the trenches. I'm like, that's just. That's just the basics. If you cannot compete in the trenches, you can't compete. Everything else we talk about, all of these analytics, they don't mean crap if you're getting your butt kicked on the lines of scrimmage. Yep. And Quinn Miners can change that. He he can go out there and flip the script for you. I want to see what he does in year two. New system, new coaches, same nasty attitude. So I will be on every snap in the first Second and a half of every snap uh, that the Broncos play on offense, I will probably, if Miners is in there, I will have my eye on Quinn Miners. Yeah, absolutely right. And you make a good point about the uh, the offensive line in the trenches. Uh, the further you get from the ball, the harder it is to be that first line of impact in the game. Quarterbacks, obviously, first, but I've seen it in college football. I've seen it in the NFL. If a team is so thoroughly dominating you on one side of the trenches, you can't do anything else. And a lot of teams that are built that way, make you play that way. It's something that the Iowa Hawkeyes and the Wisconsin Badgers have done for years. It's like, okay, you want to spread us out. We're going to be a rock fight and you're going to get beat up so quickly up front that I don't give a hoot that you have four and five star receivers out there. We're going to just continually punch you in the mouth. So you can't react and run what you want to run. Body and blow, we, body blow, body blow. Yes. Mm -hmm. uh, and we saw that last year with the Broncos facing the uh, Baltimore Ravens. We saw that last year, the Broncos facing the Cleveland Browns. We saw that last year, the Broncos facing the Philadelphia Eagles, the Eagles. outs. Yeah, the Eagles mm -hmm. as well. Yep. Mm -hmm. That outside stuff, those skill positions didn't matter because the Broncos were getting pantsed in the trenches uh, on both sides of the ball. So we'll be interesting. Luckily, the Broncos schedule this year sets up where they don't play many teams that 
on paper right now look like dominating trench teams, especially with the offensive line running the football outside of the you know, Titans, the Ravens, the 49ers. Those are the teams that stick out to me off the top of my head as ones that might be interesting matchups for the Broncos defense, but we'll see. It'll be a lot of fun. A couple more questions here, Scott. Um, if the Broncos offensive line finishes as a top 10 unit this season, how far does this Broncos team go? What is their offense overall rank? You are a Super Bowl contender, AFC championship type. You're talking about a top five sort of offense. Um, again, but usually when you're talking about the offensive line, you're talking about the other statistics that go with it, meaning yeah. you are running the ball effectively and you are, your offense, You, it, I'm not sure exactly how to put this, but you cannot have if you've got a good offensive line you also have those numbers they don't work the other yeah. way you can't say oh my offensive line was really good but we couldn't run the ball and couldn't pass the ball it doesn't work that way yeah. so if your offensive line is finishing top 10 your offense is, is has to be finishing top 10 now you can finish top 10 in offense without a good offensive line but yeah. if you say if you're my given here in this equation is you have a top 10 offensive line you got a top 10 offense could it be a top 5 offense with yes, a top 10 offensive line. It could. It could absolutely it, could. Um, could it be the number one offense in the NFL with a top 10 offensive line? We'll see. I, I I think Hackett uh, will want to be greedy enough, you know, that he wouldn't be a, you know, run the ball, play action and, and beat him. We'll see. I think that's kind of a staple of the offense. But, you know, you're going to get some shots later where, you know, we've got a lead and mm -hmm. they're stacking the box. We're going to take some shots to kill the game off. And all of a sudden you get, instead of, needing uh, a quarter and a half to get 70 yards, you'll get them in one play and then yeah. you'll get the ball back again. Um, so you're going to have, I, I think we said, Nick, what about you think 30% more offensive plays this year is a Probably. fair number. Yeah. 25% at least Yeah, right in that number of offensive plays. So you're going to climb up that number just through osmosis, um, yeah. you know, just through, through basic math. So yes, it can be a top five offense. It can be. And uh, same question with the other end, uh, bottom 10 offensive line. What does this offense look like? What's going on with the Broncos? Middle of the pack. I, I think you're down in the teens. I think the offense will still be better. You were close to that number last year. Um, yep. Not quite. You were close to that number last year. It felt like that last year with, uh, with the sacks, the inability to run the ball in short yardage situations, the pressures coming dead up the middle. Uh, and, you know, but the, the quarterback play will be better for sure. Yeah. Uh, you'll have, the quarterback play is going to be a lot better period. Um, yeah, and when you've got that, you get more respect from the defense. So yep. um, if you've got more respect for the defense, it lets you do more on offense, it lets you, yep. well, I'm going to run the ball on second and nine uh, and pick up six and then and get into a third and three. You shouldn't be facing as many third and, you know, nines every, yep. it was third and seven or more all year long last year, all year. So, you know, hopefully you're, when you run the ball, you're getting three yards at least. You're not looking yeah. at third and nine every freaking time you've got the ball. Yep. And uh, final question, as far as the offensive functioning, where does the quality of the offensive line fall as importance um, in the, where the offense falls, uh, ranks this season? I would say, I mean, my first thought, just because I feel like we talked about the units and the links in a chain, Everything else I think is strong. We, you know, at least we think it is. Yeah. We think that Russell Wilson is going to come in and not miss a beat. You know, 29 and seven last year in a down season is a really good year. You know, let's, let's keep him healthy the whole time. And if you're talking 35 touchdowns against nine interceptions, that's a huge year. 
4,300, 4,400 yards. Okay. That should be reasonable expectations. You got two good running backs. You've got a slew of good pass catchers. So the importance, the importance of the offensive line for this team is incredibly important because right now it looks like the weakest link on offense. And uh, according to Pro Football Focus, it is the weakest link on offense. Uh, Russell Wilson was ranked, what, like eight or something on their quarterbacks. Uh, you had the running backs coming in ninth. You had the pass catchers coming in 10th. And you had the offensive line coming in 16th. So it is the biggest, uh, the lowest ranked one. I will say that I'll probably put it second or third as far as importance um, for the offense this season. Uh, number one, without question, is the quarterback. And I, I got to say, this is something that I don't think people appreciate enough. It's like there's so much more value with a quarterback and you kind of touched on it too, but like Russell Wilson being a top 10 quarterback to him being a top three quarterback this season, in my opinion, is a difference of five wins on the schedule. You're talking about a team that's going, you know, uh, 10 and seven versus a team that's winning 13, 14, 15 games uh, with, and that's doesn't feel like that's only five spots. It's magnitudes of difference where the offensive line going from 16 to 10, maybe is two wins. Um, so quarterback far and away, number one is Russell Wilson playing at an MVP level or is he a pro bowl level? You know, Kirk cousins, Derek Carr, uh, tier where it's like t top 10, top 12. That makes a huge difference after that. It's probably just the competency of the coaching staff and the new scheme in general. We talked about it on Tuesday's episode. Broncos have a lot of wide receivers and a lot of different weapons to win games. That's awesome. If your offensive staff can scheme week to week and pick the matchups. It's not as simple as if you have Calvin Johnson, we're going to throw the ball to Calvin Johnson. There's not much, you know, hard game planning to that <laughs> it, where the Broncos have to identify weaknesses in matchups and installs week to week, and then make sure they're pushing the right buttons with all the different buttons. It's not as easy as smashing the a button for Calvin Johnson. So, and, um, and I, I think the rankings for the entire unit on the offensive line is much more subjective you know, if, if there was an objective way to measure, yes, I've got a, a, a number 10 offensive line, you know, versus a number five, we might say it's more important, but the degrees are so slim that it's yeah. just tougher to tell. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and again, with so few really good quarterbacks out there, it's easy to see yards, interceptions, which end up coming into ratings and all of the data that we have around the quarterback position, that there is a steep drop off whereas you know the units for the offensive line it's a little bit tougher to tell so be out there and be competent and be a plus and your offensive your offense should be a top 10 offense which will then turn into credit for the offensive line 100 100 well guys uh that's gonna have to do it for us today we're running a little bit late and i gotta get down to uh my sister's wedding venue to help oh, wait. Set up. this is broncos for breakfast come on where are the priorities in this family i uh i did bring the computer and all the recording equipment across country to do it. So there are some priorities there. Um, they didn't want to miss out on all the fun, um, which even though it's, you know, we're approaching real dead season uh, for the off season here, um, going to enjoy it and uh, enjoy hanging out with you guys, but make sure you're following Scott and I on Twitter. Scott is at scout Kennedy. I am at Nick Kendall, MHH. Also make sure you're following us at, Oh, that's the wrong. Why does it do this? MHI pod. Nope. Follow us at uh, follow the, MHI pod too. That's okay with yeah, us. Yeah. Why not? Uh, but also follow us at, bfb underscore pod and of course at mile high huddle if you haven't done so yet uh make sure you head to huddleuppod.com to check out the gear there the merchandise we got obviously the mile high huddle uh huddle up podcast priest gear they're doing stuff a radio bit on mile high sports now as well so make sure you're checking them out and following them there 
Got obviously all the different hats, the gears, the shirts. Uh, so check that out at huddleuppod.com. If you haven't done so yet, if you are still on uh, Facebook and enjoying that, I must be getting old because I still do enjoy you know posting pictures on Facebook and all of that stuff. Um, follow us at uh, facebook.com forward slash mile high huddle and facebook.com forward slash mile high huddle pod. Um, haven't called this a shout out in a bit, but please make sure you head into Apple Podcasts and uh, find us at the Huddle Up Podcast there, Mile High Huddle, giving us a five-star rating and uh, leaving us a comment and a review. Uh, that helps us a lot. There's a lot of great uh, Broncos media content creators out there. I don't think anybody is as consistent day to day as us, you know, just burying you guys with all kinds of content, video, audio, written content, um, social media content, et cetera, et cetera. So make sure you're finding us on there. Scrolling down and give us a five-star review and a comment. And please, if you haven't done so yet on YouTube, uh, find us mile high huddle, click the bell notification. So, you know, when we go live, that's a big help. Um, so that way it's like, Oh, that's right. Uh, especially for the huddle up guys. Cause they don't always start at the same time. You know, when they go live, if you click that bell notification, <laughs> um, also like subscribe and share to the mile high huddle channel over on YouTube. So that way you're there. It's not just the podcast, the live stream shows. There's a bunch of different content that we have going on there. So you guys want to check that out. Yeah, be sure to uh, check out the show tonight with Zach. Zach will be solo tonight on the MHH pod. So he could use your help. Make sure you're active in the chat. Um, other than that, thanks for being here, everybody. Um, you know, make sure you're uh, you're following our, our new MHH account, Cat at MHH. We're gonna turn Nick into uh, the faux Polini with the with the cat oh, yeah. hanging over his shoulder. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, but yes, great show today. I had a lot of fun. Thanks for being here. Yeah, thank you guys so much. Uh, we appreciate it. Um, probably the last show with that cat, but maybe I'll bring Queso, uh, my big uh, main Coon cat. That sounds so final. Yeah, well, <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, we appreciate you guys. You guys have a great rest of your day. Uh, stay cool if you're somewhere where it's hot. Um, choose kindness. Choose compassion. Happy Thursday. Go Broncos. Head on over to milehighhuddle.com for all things Broncos. Good morning, Broncos country. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or a girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. With the new Chevy Silverado, you might be driving in this. But with the Silverado's redesigned interior and large infotainment screens, it'll feel more like this. Introducing the new 2022 Chevy Silverado. Find new upgrades. Find new roads. Chevrolet.